welcome to today's episode of the DadCast Podcast. I'm your host, Lavelle Lamonier, and I'm so excited about our topic today. For those who may be listening for the first time, I'd like to give you a little background information about me. First and foremost, I am a Christian man, a husband, a father, a grandfather, a business owner, and a proud U.S. Army veteran. I've also taught at the university and college levels, and I am a huge proponent of education. The idea behind this podcast is to give a dad's perspective on everything from A to Z. Now, let me give a hearty thanks to our great sponsors, Write It Out Tech, where you can get all of your academic writing needs met, and by Lamonier Photography, where we see the world through a different lens. I also want to give a special thanks and a great big shout out to my lovely wife, Dr. Gabrielle Lamonier, who is the co-creator and co-content manager of this broadcast. This is our second episode and it's entitled A Father-Son Conversation on Handling a Disability in the Black Family. To all of my brothers and sisters, homies and homettes, what an honor it is to spend some time with you today. As always, let's start off with a financial tip of the day. Now when considering investment opportunities, especially for beginners, it's important to look at stocks that are recession friendly. For instance, find a commodity that will always be used regardless of the economic situation in your country. An example of this is something like a rubber manufacturing company. We know that rubber is used to make tires and for the foreseeable future, tires will always be made of rubber and cars will always need tires. Therefore, an investment in a rubber manufacturing company may just be the interesting investment opportunity that you're looking for. All right, all right. I know that you guys have been waiting for this moment for the dad joke of the day. I know it's getting a lot of traction, and so here we go. Here's the dad joke of the day. Hold on to your seats, guys and gals. Here it comes. My wife asked me, how do I look? And I answered and said, with your eyes. <laughs> all right, all right, it's a dad joke. Funny to some, not so much to others. Our inspirational thought for today comes from Mahatma Gandhi. He once said, live as if you were to die tomorrow. Learn as if you were to live forever. All right, folks, I have a special, special treat for you today. We are going to discuss how African-American dads react to raising children with some type of disability or challenge, whether it's physical, learning, communication, or some other form. According to a 2019 qualitative study, black students are sent to special education far too often. The Hetchinger Report, which is a national nonprofit newsroom that reports on only one topic, and that topic is education. They found that decades of research have documented that students of color, particularly black children, are disproportionately classified by schools as having disabilities. 
In 2016, 12% of black children across the nation received services at school for disabilities ranging from emotional disturbances to physical disabilities to intellectual impairment. Only 8.5% of white children received those same services. The disability rate for Hispanic students stands at around 9.4% nationally, and it's only slightly higher than for whites, and the disparity hasn't been as contentious as the, as the disproportionality for blacks. Some academics, excuse me, and advocates have argued that disability status has become a tool to perpetuate racial segregation, especially in the South. Now, given that information as a backdrop, today in the studio with me, I am so proud to have my 25-year-old son, Lavelle Lamonier Jr., here to discuss this important topic with me. LJ, as we call him, has graduated from Lee College with an associate's degree in business and is pursuing a bachelor's in business management from the University of Houston Clear Lake. He is also a department manager in the Walmart Corporation. Now, LJ has dealt with and has overcome a speech impediment, and he's here to shed some light on that issue for us. Let's give him a great big hand. All right, welcome, son. I'm so glad to have you here in the studio with me today. First, let me publicly state how very proud I am of you. You're a fine African-American man who is pursuing his education, and you've never been in any kind of trouble, so I'm, I'm happy about that. Um, and so I want you to know, uh, as I tell you off air all the time, that I'm very, very proud of you. Uh, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me, man, and uh, you know, I hope everybody's doing all right. All right, all right. He is uh, a man of few words, as you can see, but we're going to get him talking in just a minute. You guys just hang on. We're going to engage in this topic. So, um, LJ, one of the things that um, I wanted to bring up is that I was really hard on you growing up. I remember times where, you know, in, in the black family, uh, we were big, especially, and most of the time, folks that are listening, let me just say, um, a lot of the times the way we raise our children is based on how we were raised and how they were raised. And that doesn't necessarily mean that it's the right way to do it. So I had a lot of a lot of um, growing up to do as a parent. When LJ was a, a kid, I was on him very hard. And uh, whippings were something that was, was normal, wouldn't you say that? Yes, sir. <laughs> About every day. <laughs> <laughs> he was getting it. He was getting it. I was a strong disciplinarian. Uh, I think it was partly due to the way I was raised and partly due to my military background. Uh, but he definitely got... Uh, the rod of correction on a regular basis. Um, now, one of the things when he was growing up is that he stuttered quite a bit. Um, and I didn't understand that to be a disability at the time or to be any type of communication challenge. In my mind, he just wouldn't get his words out. And I remember I would be fussing at him all the time saying, just talk, just talk, just get it out, spit it out, say what you have to say. And he would try his best and the words just wouldn't come out and I would be frustrated and it was just not a good scene. So LJ, tell, tell our audience how it was growing up with a dad like me, unfortunately in some cases, um, that just didn't understand what you were dealing with. 
Uh, yeah, back when I was younger, um, man, my uh, confidence wasn't very high because it was, uh, for, uh, for sometimes it was kind of hard for me to get my words out with people. And then when, uh, you know, you be like, man, just spit it out. And I be, be trying, like, I be trying really hard, man. <laughs> but I just, man, I don't know what was going on. I couldn't get it out. And uh, I think um, for as when I grew, I kind of grew out of it. But when I was younger, I just didn't have the uh, the confidence to uh, to say it. Yeah, we we tried, you know, many times to uh, get him to slow down, think about what he wanted to say, do the little things that, you know, I thought I knew as a dad, but I had no professional training in this. I didn't seek any professional assistance. Uh, I really just wanted to correct it out of him, not understanding the severity of it and what it can do to a child's psyche. Uh, when they're growing up. So LJ, given all of that information, that backdrop, you know, you're getting these whippings, you're not talking uh, the way you should or the way I thought you should. I'm looking at it like, you know, you can just, just mind over matter. You can make it happen. Which, by the way, folks, that's one of the things in the black family that we, uh, one of the, the, the problems as I see it in the black family. We oftentimes go by what we've heard all of our life. We, you know, I heard my parents say, what goes on in this house stays in this house. And I heard my parents say, you know, that um, you do it because I'm telling you to do it. Uh, don't ask me why. Well, you know, now we know and we understand that kids are inquisitive. And sometimes explaining the why behind things gives them the assurance to understand why they should actually do what you're telling them to do. But back when I was growing up, you just didn't question those things. You didn't ask your parent um, you know why you just did it because we and I remember with LJ I would use you know I'd get on him I'd grab that belt and then he'd start crying for something and I'd you know holler out my first thing would be to say the same thing my dad told me you crying I'm gonna give you something to cry for you remember that? <laughs> yeah I mean like I gotta cry you wanna <laughs> just be quiet <laughs> you know so those are things that we we just did not um, know how to deal with them in the most appropriate way even when it comes to disciplining uh, our children. You know, there are many studies out there that say that there are more constructive ways to discipline our children than to grab a belt and quote unquote whip them. Uh, you know, there's a mentality that goes along with that. We could talk about that for hours, uh, but we don't always have to uh, just whip them into shape. Sometimes we can talk to them. Sometimes there are alternative uh, punishment methods are constructive methods of, um, I think it's called, um, I can't think of the term right now, but it's a, 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 a method that causes your children to learn constructively from their mistakes. And so it's, um, if my wife were on the line with us, she would give me the term. I can't think of it right now, but it's one of those terms that, that it's just constructive uh, in, a, in a child's life as a matter, as opposed to being destructive. So, um, LJ, when you think back over your school age years, um, what was going on whenever you were in school and you were stuttering and not, not able to get your words out? You know, how did other kids react to that? How was it in class with uh, the, administ the uh, educators in the classrooms? How did that go? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, during class, I would really not try to even speak that much. Especially during uh, like real class. Now, when I was uh, you know, uh, when I was uh, trying to hang out with my friends and stuff, I mean, 
wasn't too bad. I mean, they had a they had a few guys that would be just making fun of me, not like in a bad way, but just like you know, being a guy. Mm-hmm. But it's all good because uh, they make fun of me and I get them right back. So <laughs> ain't nothing. <laughs> so you had a coping mechanism for yeah. it. Uh-huh. Uh, but what about when you got away from uh, school? You were at home by yourself, mm-hmm. maybe in your room or whatever. Uh, how did that impact you, uh, knowing that you had this uh, this speech challenge that you were trying to overcome? Yeah, uh, back when I was uh, I was younger, I uh, was younger. Uh, excuse me. Like I said, um, I really thought. I had a problem at first because I, I was thinking, I was like, why can everybody else speak fluently and I can't even get, like, my name out sometimes? But, um, I, um, I think just, um, uh, with time, I just learned how to grow out of it. I mean, I know as a, as a parent, like you said, you think, you know, you could just beat it out of them or <laughs> just, uh, tell them, uh, you know, snap out of it. But, you know, sometimes it's all about your mental state, you know. You know, if you don't control what's going on inside your head, then uh, you'll you know you'll never uh, you never uh, get over what's what's going on in your life. So it's all about you know you gotta fix what's going on in your head, and once you fix that, um, you know when you get in up uh, when you start speaking to people and uh, get over it. Okay, okay. Um, and while I'm while he's talking about that, uh, folks, I'm thinking about all of the times that I could have reached out. Uh, to the school or reached out for some uh, professional assistance on how to best approach this speech impediment. Really, I didn't even want to to consider it a speech impediment. I just thought he was just being hard-headed and wouldn't get his words out. (laughs) Uh, And so, like I said, I wanted to correct it out of him. Uh, That wasn't the case. And... um, one of the things that he probably hasn't said, I'm going to ask him about it now, is um, he, he did touch on the mental part of it. But um, do you think, maybe not for you so much, but do you think a, a child that's going through uh, any type of disability or challenge uh, could potentially have some um, like depression issues uh, in their life dealing with that? Uh. Yeah, it just depends on uh, you know how they grew up. Uh, I mean, for uh, for some of uh, children, like they're just born like that. You know, there's really nothing that you can uh, can do about it. You know, you seek. Uh, I mean, I mean, like uh, you can go to, uh, try to seek some help for them, and they might get a little better. But you know, some some kids are just not as uh, fortunate. And then uh, for some kids like me, you know, they just grow out of it. They uh, get older. They meet new people you know they start to flourish as a person and then you know they grow up and you know you know they might still struggle with it at times but uh it's not as as bad as it used to be i mean i mean it was so bad i can't even get my name out <laughs> during class <laughs> <laughs> i think you mentioned that to me you had uh did you have uh an ep- uh something went on in one of your classes with the teacher asking your name yeah, uh, I don't know. If you remember this, but uh, we had just moved to uh, Baytown, and um, I was going to New Junior High, and uh, it was a um, I think it was a Spanish uh, teacher, and uh, he asked me what my name was, and man, I got stuck. <laughs> I could not remember my name, and everybody was staring at me. I was sweating. <laughs> yeah, I was. That was one of the most embarrassing uh, times, and it actually stuck with me for a while. Into high school, I finally like got over it 
Yeah, and that's the thing. You see, he, he said uh, repetitively in this uh, this discussion that he, you know, grows out of it. And it, uh, in this instance, he's saying for, it took from junior high to high school to finally get over that one moment of embarrassment. And as parents, especially as black uh, parents, African-American parents, uh, we have to be in a position where we support our children and we learn to love them unconditionally and and help them through any issues that they might be facing. And that means we're going to have to allow them to talk to us, talk openly to us, tell us how they're feeling. Uh, I'm just blessed that he has been able to uh, overcome this issue and uh, in his own words to grow out of it. But really, the, the, I think the reality of it is that um, it could have been dealt with years earlier if, as a parent, uh, I would have sought the right type of assistance uh, and guidance on helping him through that. Uh, so I think he's done a, a marvelous job um, just getting to a point where he's confident uh, in himself and he's pleased with himself and he's going after his goals and dreams and um, he's impacting people on a daily basis and so I think that's great. Um, and so if, if, if you could say something to, um, and because this is a dad show, mm -hmm. we have moms that are listening, we have single people who are listening, we have some people your age, millennials, who might be listening, but what would you say in particular to dads uh, who are raising a child with, um, with any type of disability or challenge? What would you tell them? Um, I would just... Um, I would just uh, try to tell them to be uh, don't try to uh, to uh, to push your kids into d doing something that they're not ready for. You know, you gotta you gotta sit there and just sometimes you gotta wait for them. You know, you gotta you gotta let them uh, uh, come around and let them um, you know let them learn uh, their way. Cause uh, some people they have to uh, some people like in order to uh, uh, learn something, you know, they have to go through some uh, challenges first, you know, uh, and then, you know, uh, if you feel like your kid, you know, needs some help, don't be afraid, you know, to get some help because, you know, wouldn't you rather, wouldn't you rather your kid get some help, uh, you know, when they're younger instead of waiting, uh, waiting for them like in their 30s and their, you know, their 40s when they're grown men and grown women and, you know, they're still having problems that that could have been uh, dealt with when they was younger. Right, right. That's some good advice. Thank you for sharing that with our listeners. I'm sure that that has just helped someone. Um, again, I want to thank you for taking the time to do this episode with me. I want to thank you for opening up on air um, so that others can learn from and benefit from your experiences. Uh, to me, what you've shown is a great amount of strength and courage to let the world into your personal space. And for that, we all owe you a debt of gratitude. And so I'm applauding you, as I think our listeners are, uh, for being here and for having this discussion with me. All right. Thank you. Uh, yeah, thank you so much for uh, listening. And uh, one more thing. Uh, I'm not sure if I know who this is, but George Springer plays for the Astros. He uh, like he grew up with a speech problem. And um, when I heard his story, it really, uh, really helped me out. I'd like to figure out that I wasn't by myself you know i wasn't the only one who grew up with it and uh george springer is you know now playing a professional baseball you know he's been in championship game one mvp in the championship game and you know he's uh flourishing right now so so hopefully um my career takes off and i could be rich one day <laughs> <laughs> 
There you go. There you go. Make sure you follow your dreams and go after everything uh, that you want to go after. Uh, folks, these are some serious topics. Uh, we have to, as fathers, find the most constructive way to help our children deal with whatever challenges they face in life. We can't just yell at them, whip them, punish them, or force them to do things, but we have to love them, like I said earlier, unconditionally, and then seek professional help when needed. For those that may be in this situation right now, or if you know of someone who's in this situation, I want to give you a few resources that you can go to uh, for some assistance. The first one I came across is the Parent to Parent USA organization. This is a group that matches each parent with a fellow parent who has a child with the same special health care need, disability, or mental health concern that allows each parent or family to have a contact for sharing information, receiving support, and creating new friendships. The second resource I come across is called Family Voices. Family Voices provides families with the tools to make informed decisions about health care and education, build partnerships between families and their service providers, and serve as a trusted resource on health care. They also help families learn to advocate for improved policies to best serve children with special needs. Now the last uh, resource that I came across is parentcenterhub.org. This is a service that offers early intervention assistance such as assistive technology, speech services, nutrition services, and occupational, physical, and psychological services. So take advantage of the resources that are out there and hear me, hear me when I say this. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Dads, I'm talking directly to you. African-American fathers, I'm speaking directly, directly to you. Uh, as it would say in the Bible, verily, verily, or this means it's very important. I want to say to you, seek help. Don't be afraid. Don't be too macho, too prideful to go out and seek some professional help so that you can help your child or those in your immediate circle deal with whatever they're facing in the most productive manner. So um, that's it for today's episode. I hope you've gained a lot of helpful information and that uh, this is something that you that can shed light on this topic. Maybe you can have discussions in your family or with those in your circle about these, these type of topics and shed some light on it and get some help for those that need help. I appreciate you listening to today's episode and we look forward to coming back to you uh, at the very next opportunity. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the DadCast Podcast. We look forward to hearing from you. Please send in your comments and questions, and we will be sure to cover them on air in the very near future. Remember, you can reach us on Instagram at DadCastPodcast, on Twitter at DadCastP. You can also email us at comments at DadCastPodcast.com. Or you can go to our website for more information. That website is dadcastpodcast.com. If you've enjoyed this show, please share it with your circle of influence. And also, very important folks, if you're enjoying these episodes, subscribe. Go to Apple, uh, to Apple iTunes, go to Spotify, go to Google, wherever you go to listen to streaming services and subscribe or follow the podcast so that you can get... Uh, the information 
on the upcoming episodes and any special events that we may hold in the future. Thanks again for, for listening, and I look forward to talking with you on our next episode. Blessings and peace to each and every one of you. I'm out. LJ? Alright, man. I'm out too. Let's go Lakers. <laughs> We're going to edit that one off. Alright, people. Take care. <laughs>